0: Continuing this series on uh, There Is Sin to Death, and um, we've been looking at the certain paths that Christians can take in order to commit the sin to death. Uh, but let's just open up with our text verse of Scripture, which uh, we've been using for this series thus far in 1 John chapter 5, verses 16 and 17. Uh, The Apostle John writing, he says, If anyone sees his brother sinning a sin not to death, he will ask, and he will give him life for those who commit sin not to death. Uh, There is sin to death. I do not say that he should pray about that. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is sin not to death. And so uh, the Holy Spirit, through the Apostle John, in that passage of Scripture, just highlights to the church that there are in fact two different types of sin that uh, can be committed by believers, by Christians. Because he says if anybody sees his brother sinning, a sin not to death. And so he talks about a sin not to death and he talks about a sin to death. And we've got uh, extensively differentiating between those two types of sin in uh, previous teachings. And then, so we, we got to the point where we said well, how is it possible that a, a Christian can get to the place where they are prepared to commit the sin to death? And we said the sin to death is in fact denying Christ and no longer uh, following after Christ um, and uh, falling away from their, their Christian faith. So we said, how is it possible that Christians can actually get to that point where they are quite prepared to deny Christ and no longer follow after Him? And uh, we had a look at... Uh, Uh, two paths yesterday, uh, because there are four main paths that Christians can take to uh, turn away from Christ and to walk down to that end point, which is the, the point of committing the sin to death, which is denying Christ. And so we said all the way down the path, they still belong to Christ, they're still sons and daughters of God, but they're walking away from Christ as they follow these various paths. And so the, the first path that we identified is the path of continuing in sin. And we said that uh, for Christians who um, continue a, a lifestyle of sin, or practicing sin, that as they walk down that path, that eventually they will commit the sin to death. The end result of that path that they're on is that they, they become sufficiently hardened to the gospel and to the things of god to the point well that uh, christianity means nothing more to them and they're quite prepared then to commit the sin to death and deny christ and the apostle james uh, puts it across for us quite uh, plainly in his writing james chapter 1 verses 14 and 15 the scripture says but each one talking about christians is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed and we said those desires are in fact the desires of the flesh and enticed verse 15 then when desire has conceived it gives birth to sin and sin when it is full grown brings forth death and so we said that sin doesn't kill the born-again spirit Uh, it is full-grown sin that kills the born-again spirit and the full-grown sin is in fact the sin to death that the apostle John spoke about. And uh, the apostle Paul said in his writings, he said, for you, if you Christian live according to the flesh, you will die. And he was speaking about spiritual death, just as James was also speaking about spiritual death. And again, Uh, The Apostle Paul warns the church again, he says in Galatians chapter 6, 7 and 8, Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Talking about Christians again, for he who sows to his flesh will of of the flesh reap corruption. And that word corruption means destruction. Talking about spiritual death. And so very clearly, uh, that is one of the paths that Christians can uh, go down that will turn them away from Christ and take them down to the point where they will commit the sin to death, which is denying Christ. And so that's the one path. The other path that we looked at yesterday is the path that uh, Christians can walk on where they no longer will endure sound doctrine. And so those Christians will look off um, to follow after um, fable teaching and, and uh, idle babblings the Bible talks about um, and just following after all sorts of strange doctrines and there are many strange doctrines that get brought into the church um, Have brought in, have been brought into the church over the centuries and die in the church today and pervade the church um, and we had a look at uh, scripture along that line and um, the one problem that the Apostle Paul had in his day were the Jews who would try infiltrate the church and get the Christians, the Gentile believers, to um, begin to observe the law of Moses and then eventually become circumcised. And Paul admonished the churches in Galatia, he said, um, if the guys did, um, in Galatians chapter five, verses one to four, he says, if you guys do um, follow after that path, you guys would have become estranged from Christ and you would have fallen from grace. And so to fall from grace and become estranged from Christ is to lose their salvation. Um, because those particular Christians would have then converted to Judaism. And uh, Judaism is not the way to into heaven. It's uh, um, an old covenant practice that is for the Jews, which is meant to lead them to Christ. And so for Christians to take, um, become born again and then go into Judaism, that's going away from Christ. And so that's exactly what uh, transpired in Paul's day. And we see it today. We see that same uh, spirit in uh, certain parts of the church. We get a lot of uh, Christians who are desirous of keeping the law of Moses and observing uh, all of the feasts as recorded in the law. And uh, Paul admonishes the Christians, the Gentile believers, guys, he says, don't go down that road. Because the end of that road, and although Judaism is the one example given, any uh, religion that would draw the Christian away from the the sound doctrine of the Bible and lead them into accepting other false truths, well, that road will take the Christian away from Christ and take them down to the point when they will commit the sin to death, which is to deny Christ. And they will convert to whatever religion they get themselves caught up in. Um, And so they will then lose their salvation. So those are the two paths we looked at uh, yesterday. The path of continuing in sin and the path of no longer enduring sound doctrine. And uh, looking for teachers that, uh, because they've got itching ears, They want to hear new things. They want to hear, don't tell me about uh, the Bible, I've heard all in the Bible. Uh, Give me some new stuff that I can hear. And so that's what they keep running around trying to find new stuff. Um, And eventually they find the wrong stuff and they go down that road. And so there's two other paths that we want to look at today. And as I said, there are four main paths that lead Christians away from Christ and lead them down the road to the point where they commit the sin to death. Um, And the other two parts we want to look at today, the first of those two parts, is trials and tribulations. For trials and tribulations can have the effect of uh, getting Christians to the point where they in fact are quite prepared to commit the sin to death, and that is deny Christ. Uh, The opening scripture that we'll look at is in Acts chapter 14, beginning at verse 21. Uh, The scripture says, And when they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples they returned to Lystra Iconium and Antioch strengthening the souls of the disciples exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God and so <clears throat> Christians that come into the kingdom of God who are not taught the full gospel are not taught the truth of the gospel um, and get get deceived by receiving a false teaching, they are not prepared for this in their Christian walk. And that is Paul admonishing the believers. He said, we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. And so when Paul and his team would go out and and, uh, preach the gospel and bring new converts into the kingdom of God, one of the things that they would teach him right up front, is that, guys, this Christian walk is not an easy walk. In this life, there are going to be many trials and many tribulations. And uh, Paul always warned the believers as they came into the kingdom of God. So he never painted a rosy picture that said, "Well, now that you're in the kingdom, everything's going to work out fine for you. And you're just going to you know go through life uh, on a bed of roses because that's not the christian walk in fact the christian walk is a very harsh one from that point of view from the fact of persecution tribulations and trials now the reason for that simply is because we dwell in a, a world that is uh, run by a god who is completely against god and so satan is our adversary and he will bring everything to bear that he can Uh, on Christians in this life to get them to um, fall away from following after Christ. And one of the tools in his toolkit, so to speak, is the tool of tribulation and persecution. And that's exactly what Satan does. He brings that to bear. Now, um, Christians that don't get taught that right from the start, to, to ground themselves in the faith and expect that tribulation is going to come their way, if they do not get taught that truth when tribulation does come their way then they are vulnerable in this area because no one has prepared them for what actually does come along in their lives and it is those believers that eventually uh, can and do fall away because as I say they've not been taught the gospel correctly up front and Paul and his team did that they always taught Uh, Christians, as they came into the kingdom of God, that all believers will be exposed to trials and tribulations purely because we are believers in Christ. So we're not talking about trials and tribulations that the world goes through as well, because that is correct. Everybody goes through those trials and tribulations. But uh, we're talking about um, tribulations that Christians specifically will endure because of the fact that they have become born-again believers. Um, uh, our adversary out there will use whatever means that he can to draw those believers uh, away from Christ and one of the the methods he uses is trials and tribulations our Lord had something to say about that uh, in his teaching Luke chapter 8 verse 13 our Lord talking about uh, teaching us on the sower sowing the word and he says but the the ones on the rock are those who when they hear receive the word with joy and these have no root who believe for a while and in time of temptation fall away that word translated temptation actually a better uh, translation of that would be um, adversity and both Mark and Matthew's account of that particular aspect of our Lord's teaching speaks about uh, uh, trials and tribulations and so Our Lord says, um, they hear the Word of God, they receive it with joy. Now, the reason they receive it with joy, they get born again, because they hear the truth of salvation in Christ. And so they receive that Word with joy, they get born again. But they don't have any root in themselves, because nobody um, teaches them the full gospel, and nobody says, you need to get grounded in the Word of God. You need to become uh, mature in Christ, because tribulations are going to come your way. And so our Lord says, they believe for a while, so they are in the kingdom of God for a while. But in time of adversity, they fall away. Because when the the persecution comes upon them, because they are Christians, they say, well, wait a minute, I didn't sign up for this. Nobody told me that I'm going to go, I'm going to start being rejected by family and friends because of my faith in Christ and uh, that people are going to start persecuting me because of my faith in Christ. And so those individuals, uh, they last for a little while, but they don't last for a long time. And our Lord said that they fall away. To fall away is to no longer be a disciple of Christ, and to fall away from following after Christ. It is, in fact, committing the sin to death, which is, in in fact, denying Christ. And now, the reason that they get, they get to that point is because they have no root in themselves, Albert says. And so, it's because these believers are not taught um, the truth about the gospel. And, uh, you know, there are multitudes that come into the kingdom of God through uh, campaigns, and they kind of get left out on their own, and nobody follows up with them. So, they don't get grounded in, in the word of God. And because they don't get grounded, they're very vulnerable. To falling away when persecutions and tribulations uh, come their way as a result of them having become born-again believers in this life now even for christians who do get taught right up front guys you can expect uh, persecution you can expect tribulation to come your way because you have now accepted christ and it's through many tribulations that we enter into the kingdom of god and so they do get taught the truth of the full gospel. Even those Christians are still vulnerable in this area because it is; it can become quite a, an intense amount of pressure gets brought to bear on certain believers. Let's have a look at another passage of Scripture that highlights that truth for us. Uh, and that is uh, the, the letter to, that Paul wrote to the church in Thessalonica. Now, Paul had planted that church, And we saw uh, in the book of Acts, we just quoted that passage of Scripture, when Paul and his team started churches, one of the first things that they taught the churches was, guys, you can expect that through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. So don't think that this Christian walk is going to be an easy one. You can expect there's going to be uh, hardships that are going to come your way as a result of you being a Christian. And um, so even Paul, who taught those churches... He recognized that even though the churches were taught correctly, they were still vulnerable in this area. So none of us are immune in this area. Look at this letter, 1 Thessalonians chapter three verses one through to five. Uh, the Apostle Paul writing to that church. He says, "Therefore, when we could no longer endure it, we thought it good to be left in Athens alone and sent Timothy, our brother." and minister of God and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to establish you and encourage you concerning your faith that no one should be shaken by these afflictions for you yourselves know that we are appointed to this for in fact we told you before when we were with you that we would suffer tribulation just as it happened and you know Um, And so, just very clearly here, Paul had told the church in Thessalonica that, guys, you're going to suffer tribulation. Um, And we're appointed to this. This is part of the Christian walk. Uh, Suffering for Christ is part of the Christian walk. And uh, so Christians who never suffer for Christ, and when I say suffer, I'm not talking about being thrown into prison. I'm not talking about um, being martyred for Christ. I'm talking about... Just being ostracized by certain members of society because you are a Christian. Um, Christians that never suffer for Christ from in any part of their life. um, They need to be questioned in their Christian walk because that's not the the Christian walk we're appointed to suffer for Christ. That is something that is mandated to take place in our lives because we live in a hostile environment. This world is completely anti-God. Uh, And so when God's children walk around in this world, they're going to attract persecution because the world does not like God and and the world doesn't like his children. Anyway, so Paul uh, tells the guys, you know, we told you right up front that this is what was going to happen. But now look at verse 5. He says, for this reason, when I could no longer endure it, I sent to know your faith. So what had happened is that persecution had arisen against the church church in Thessalonica. And Paul had gotten to hear about the persecution that they were undergoing at this particular point in time. And so he says, he responds to it. He says, for this reason, when I could no longer endure it, I sent to know your faith. Why, Paul? Lest by some means the tempter, talking about Satan, had tempted you and our labor might be in vain. So what is he saying? He's saying that uh, Paul was concerned about that particular church. And he was concerned that because they had gone through this uh, time of of persecution and tribulation, he was concerned that the tempter, being Satan, had tempted them, and that their labor, Paul's labor, had been in vain. What does he mean? He means that that church in Thessalonica had said, no, this is not not for us. We're not going to go through this kind of stuff. Um, rather, we go back to where we were. We're going to go back to serving pagan gods because this Christian walk is, just, it attracts just too much uh, persecution and tribulation. It's not worth it. And they had then turned their backs on Christ and gone back into the world. And that's what Paul was concerned about. That's why he says, um, for this reason, when I could no longer endure it, I sent to know your faith, Lest by some means the tempter had tempted you and our labor had been in vain. So, you know, we would have put all that effort into that church and it had amounted to nothing because that church had then turned their backs on, on following Christ because they just didn't want this persecution. They didn't need this kind of uh, trouble in their lives. Um, they had enough trouble when they were just in the world. Now, to still have that trouble, plus being persecuted for being Christians, well, you know, it's just, this is more than I signed up for. And so, you know, I'm going to hand him my resignation, and that's it. I don't want anything more to do with Christianity. And, you know, Paul was being honest with the church in Thessalonica, and the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul was being honest. And so, Paul would never have written that if it was impossible for Christians to not give up their Christian faith because of persecution and tribulation. It is very possible for Christians to get, walk away from faith in Christ because of persecution and tribulation. And so Paul was concerned about the church, the international like and he said, uh, he sent Timothy there to, to strengthen them, to assure them and say, guys, we said, we taught you, you're going to go through this. Don't think it's a strange thing that's happening to you, um, but don't give away. Don't 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 give up on your faith because you're going through this. And so Paul was very concerned about that particular church, that Satan would have tempted them, and Satan would have then won because they would have walked away from following after Christ. So it's very possible for churches, for Christians, to come under that much pressure uh, for the, the Christian faith that they say, okay, well, you know, this is a bit much. Um, I don't think I really want to uh, uh, go through this anymore. And then they just give up, and they go back into wherever they came out of, and that's it. They, they, they no longer follow after Christ. The church in, in, uh, in the book of Hebrews, the church in Jerusalem, went through exactly the same thing, and the writer admonishes them as well, because the writer of the, church in, uh, uh, of, of the book of Hebrews is also concerned about them that they will also turn their backs on Christ. Let's have a look at that passage of Scripture, Hebrews chapter 10, beginning at verse 32. The writer says, But recall the former days in which, after you were illuminated, you endured a great struggle with sufferings, partly while you were made a spectacle by, both by reproaches and tribulations, and partly while you became companions of those who were so treated. For you had compassion on me in my chains, talking about himself there, and joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods, knowing that you have a better and an enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. Therefore, 35, very important, therefore, Christian, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have <clears throat> excuse me, you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God you may receive the promise. Verse 37, for yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Verse 39, but we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. And so here the writer to the church in uh, Jerusalem is concerned about them because they had come under great persecution. We know about the persecution that broke out against the church in Jerusalem. Um, Under Paul, he he initiated, well, kind of, he was instrumental in driving that persecution against the church. And so they had gone through tremendous persecution, but they were still under tremendous um, pressure from the Jews in Jerusalem to turn back to Judaism. Um, And so he says, Uh, in verse 35 therefore do not cast away your confidence which has great reward so he wouldn't have said that to the church if it was impossible for them to cast away their confidence he encourages them not to do that he encourages them not to succumb to the pressure to go back into judaism and to cast away their confidence because he says to them in verse 39 we are not of those who draw back to perdition and so it is very possible for Christians to draw back to perdition. Perdition meaning to be completely destroyed. And only those who um, uh, will be judged uh, with the judgment of condemnation experience perdition. And so you know, the writer is encouraging the, the church in Jerusalem, guys, I understand what you're going through, um, but don't give up. You need to have endurance in this. You guys started off You you, you know, When you came into the kingdom, you did go through persecution right from the start. I understand that the persecution is continuing. I understand that the pressure is still there uh, for you to give up your faith in Christ and to cast away your confidence and come back into the fold of Judaism. And he says, guys, don't do that because we are not of those who draw back to perdition for God. He says, if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. When God our Father says, if anyone draws back, He's talking about turning their backs on Christ. And so those who have come into the kingdom of God say, you know, this persecution, this tribulation that I'm experiencing as a Christian is more than I signed up for. And so, you know, I'm just, I've had enough and I'm going to throw in the towel. And I'm going to draw back and go back to where I came from. And wherever that might be. And you get a lot of Christians that come out of uh, whatever religion And they get put under a lot of pressure by families and friends to return back to the religions that they came out of, whether it be Judaism, whether it be Islam. Well, Islam is quite a dangerous one because they actually uh, kill those who convert to Christianity. Unless they repent, I think. I'm not too sure how it works with them. But anyway, um, but you get a lot of Christians that that get born again and their families uh, put them under a lot of pressure, and their friends put them under a lot of pressure to give up this Christian uh, thing that they've accepted and become born again believers and come back into whatever fold they came out of, whether it be Mormon, uh, Jehovah's Witness, whether it be Roman Catholic, whether it be um, uh, Baptist even, you get Baptists who are i born again, I suppose. Um, and so they're not too com- uh, comfortable with Pentecostal and charismatic movements. And so there's a lot of pressure brought to bear on baby believers as they come into the kingdom. And so you get the Christians who, as I say, they get born again and nobody tells them up front. This Christian walk that you've come into, you, you are destined for eternity with Christ and your reward in heaven is fantastic and there is going to be good times in in this life and, and God will bless you and there's going to be you know there is blessing in store for you but at the same time there's going to be persecution and there's going to be tribulation that's going to come your way because you have accepted Christ and so Christians who do not get taught that are very vulnerable to say, wait a minute, this is just a little bit too much for me. I, I was far better off before I was a Christian than I am now, so I'm just going to go back to where I used to be. And then as I say, even... For Christians who are taught, uh, think about the church in Thessalonica. They were taught right up front, guys, you can expect this to happen. And so it starts happening to them and Paul gets concerned. He, he, he gets concerned that maybe you know they, the the pressures become too much for them and they've given up. And so he sends Timothy to try and encourage them because he's, he's concerned that they might turn away. The church in Jerusalem, that church had been established, it was the oldest church in existence at the time. But even at the time of the writer writing to the church in, of Hebrews, um, he's still concerned about them. He said, you guys have gone through all of this uh, persecution, but we don't want you to give up now. You need to have endurance. Uh, because the, the, the road, in some areas, the road gets very rough. I mean, you, Christians in some parts of society uh, are, go through tremendous persecution uh, for Christ. Um, Western societies not so much but nevertheless the persecution does come uh, if you're a, a Christian in even in Western societies and so that is one of the the paths and it's not really a path that the Christian goes down to commit the sin to death but it's the pressure that gets brought to bear on the Christian that uh, get that he, um Not entices, well, it kind of entices them to commit the sin to death because they say, wait a minute, you know, I just didn't sign up for this. This is far too, more than I bargained for. And so I was, my life was a lot more comfortable before I became a Christian than I am now. So what's the point of me being a Christian? And so they are tempted to go back to the life that they came out of because of the persecution that gets brought to bear. So, as I say, it's not really a path that that Christian walks down. It's more an attack that comes against them from the adversary um, to get them to actually then stray from the path of righteousness and go back to where they came out of. But that's one of the other ways that uh, Christians can commit the sin to death, is that they can say, you know, this persecution, this tribulation is a bit too much for me. And I was better off before I came into the kingdom, so I'd rather go back to where I came from. And then the last path that I want to look at is uh, a path that is a, a, a lot more subtle in the leading the Christian away from Christ and leading them down to the uh, point where they will commit the sin to death. And that is the path of the cares and the pleasure, pleasures of this life. Um, that particular path, as I say, is a, a more subtle, but it, nevertheless, it will produce the same result uh, that the other paths produce in, in believers' lives. And we'll open up to the Scripture Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. The Scripture says, The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. And so, It is the will of the Lord that we should be blessed in this life. Um, Prosperity um, is something that a a Christian can and should expect God to bless them with in this life, just as uh, physical health is something that the Christian can and should expect to be blessed with in this life. Um, I'm just going to do a comparative on, on health and prosperity. Um, Because those are two blessings that are available to Christians in this life. Now, with regards to health, um, the ultimate is divine health. Translated means no sickness or disease comes into the Christian's life. Now, it is possible, we're not going to go through any teaching along that line, but it is possible for Christians to to live there because of what Christ has done for us on the cross. Now, once a Christian is walking in divine health, That's it. That's as healthy as you can get. You can't get healthier than that. So they've got the fullness of that blessing. At the same time, um, it is possible for Christians to walk in prosperity in this life. But how much is enough? That's where the danger lies in this particular blessing of God. Because once a Christian is prosperous in this life, the temptation is there for more because as we, you can, with regards to health, you can only become healthy and that's it. You can't get any further down the road. So with prosperity, it's different because you can become prosperous, but you can become more prosperous and even more. And, even, and so it can, this is a subtle path. This is a uh, path that the Christian needs to be weary about. Because as I say, it is the will of the Lord that Christians should be blessed and should be prosperous. But when our Lord makes one rich, he doesn't add any sorrow with it. And so there are a lot of Christians who the Lord has not made rich, but in fact they've made themselves rich. And when they have, there's been a lot of sorrow that's been added to that. And that's not the blessing of the Lord. Um, And so this, as I say is, a, is a, a more subtle path that Christians get drawn down that, takes, that leads them away from Christ and leads them down the path to committing the sin to death. Let's have a look at uh, what our Lord said on the subject. We, when our Lord spoke about the so-is-so so in the Word, uh, that particular parable deals with salvation. And there's four categories of individuals, uh, peoples, that our Lord uh, identified in that particular parable. He, the first category are those who um, don't understand the gospel. That's this, the seed that falls by the wayside. And Satan comes along and takes away the word that is sown in their hearts, lest they believe and not save. So that's the first category. Those are the unbelievers. The second category are those who uh, accept the word, receive it with joy, have no root in themselves, And after a while, when persecution arises, because of the word, they fall away. And we dealt with that particular category. The third category (coughs) is the one that we're going to deal with now. um, In Mark chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. Now, these are the ones, sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches And the desires for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. And so this third category um, are those who also are born again. They receive the word. They they accept Christ as Lord and Savior. But something else happens in their lives. And that is that the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in choke the word and they become unfruitful. So they do not produce fruit in the kingdom of God. Um, And so this is a a very um, dangerous category to to fall into as well because this, this category becomes, as I say, a lot more subtle in the way that these believers fall away from following after Christ because they're born again. But they get caught up in things. They get caught up in the cares of this life. They get caught up in deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things. So this world starts to take on more um, importance for them than the kingdom of God. And you recall our Lord when he was talking about how God takes care of our needs. He says, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And we saw in Proverbs that the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow to it. And so when God prospers us, uh, it's him prospering us. It's not us seeking after prosperity. And so the the, the Christian uh, approach to prosperity is, God, I'm going to be faithful in doing what you told me to do. And we serve God faithfully in whatever area he's called us in. And God prospers us in that, and He adds blessing to us. Um, that's how pr- uh, Christian prosperity is meant to work. But you get a lot of Christians who become caught up in prosperity and, and the deceitfulness of riches, and they, the lust of this life, and they really want to have more available in this life. And so they go after that. And so it's not a case of the kingdom of God is now taking priority in their life, it's now this life is taking priority and the kingdom of God takes a back seat. And that's where they become unfruitful in this life. Our Lord, in speaking about the believers who become unfruitful, uh, dealt with it in John, John's gospel, chapter 15, beginning at verse 2. Our Lord speaking, he says, Every branch in me, so he's talking about Christians, he's not talking about unbelievers. Well, unbelievers are not in Christ. He says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit. Remember in Mark uh, chapter 4, we saw that these particular believers are, be, are unfruitful because thorns choke the word and they become unfruitful. He says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he, talking about God the Father, takes away. It's as simple as that. God the Father takes those away. Those branches in Christ that do not bear fruit, God the Father takes them away. That's how Lord said that they are unfruitful because the cares of this life, the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in, choke the word, and they become unfruitful. And Jesus said that every branch in me that's unfruitful, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, that's an unfruitful branch, god the father takes them away In verse 6 he says if anyone does not abide in me he is cast out as a branch and is withered and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned and so very clearly those christians no longer remain in the body of christ god the father removes them from the body of christ because they have become unfruitful in the kingdom of god And I didn't say that, Jesus said it, and he taught us what God in fact does um, with those particular believers, because he says, if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out of a branch. So initially they were in Christ, but they don't abide in Christ, they um, go after the things of the world, and the things of the world become far more important to them than the things of God. And... The thorns grow, grow and grow and eventually choke the word and they become completely unfruitful. And the result is that God the Father actually removes them and they are no longer part of the body of Christ. Um, Another scripture we can look at is 1 Timothy chapter 6 beginning at verse 9. Um, The apostle Paul writing, he says, but those who desire, talking about Christians again, those Christians who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness, and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. And so then here we have a picture of Christians who have strayed from the faith. They've gone away from walking after Christ because they've gone after Riches and um, he says they have been drowned in destruction and perdition, but perdition means to be destroyed, and so they've fallen away from following after Christ because their desire for riches has become all consuming, and, and the lust for other things, they, they the things of this world become far more important to them than the things of God. And so the things they they become completely unfruitful in the kingdom of God, and so they um, stray from the faith in their greediness, and they pierce themselves through with many sorrows. And our Lord said it in Matthew sixteen sixteen. He says, "What is a profit the individual, to gain the whole world, and to lose his own soul?" So that you know, there's just no benefit in it. But as I say, it's a subtle thing because. As God prospers certain Christians, um, the temptation is there to want more. And that shouldn't be where the Christian walks. The Christian walks and allows God to bless them and to prosper them. That's how the Christian walk is meant to be. For God does add to us that which He wants to bless us with. And God knows where we are and where our hearts are. And so God doesn't add... To us that which we cannot cope with. In other words, um, we, we become that blessed financially for argument's sake, that that starts to take priority over our lives so that we no longer are walking in, in fellowship with the Lord as we used to. And so God will not bless us um, above that which we can handle. And so that's why we should always be trusting in God our Father to add to us as He sees fit because that's exactly what he will do, because he'll know. He'll, he, he knows his children. He knows what we can handle. And so it's when we desire to go after the things of the world, well, then we get ourselves into a lot of trouble. John, uh, the apostle John teaches us in his writings, he says one, in 1 John two fifteen sixteen. 16, he says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but of, is of the world. And so that's the temptation. Remember these Christ, these are warning again believers we're talking about, and our Lord spoke about them in the parable of the sower. Um, the cares of this life, they get so uh, they just get caught up in the, in this life. They love this life. They they love going. They just love this world, and. John says, guys, that's not the way to be because he says, do not love the world all the things in the world because that's not of God. And so to to fall in love with that is to be drawn away from Christ because that is against God. That is not God. And so Christians, you get caught up in that, um, fall away from following after our Lord. James, in his writing, uh, the Apostle James, James chapter 4, beginning at verse 1, he talks about it. He says, "Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires? Talking about fleshy desires for pleasure, that war in your members, because it's in our body that the, uh, it's the flesh that that wants to have all the stuff in the world." He says, "You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have, because you do not ask." You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. And so um, here he says, you ask and you don't receive because you want to spend it on your pleasures. And we, I said God knows where we are. And so God's not going to add things to us that are going to draw us away from him. Now we can go after it ourselves, and that's what I said. Christians do that. Christians um, attract wealth for themselves. They go out and they they look for wealth, and they get it. But it's not God who's added it to them, because you find that their walk with Christ has become unfruitful. They no longer are displaying uh, that love for Christ anymore. This world has become far more important to them. Um, in enjoying the pleasures of this life has become far more important to them than anything about God. And so that's not God. God doesn't add to his saints that degree of prosperity knowing full well that that prosperity will then draw them away from Christ. That's not God. That's themselves. And that is Satan also tempting them and drawing them with that wealth and they go after that. Um, and uh, it's a, as I say, it's a subtle... Uh, path to go down because it's a balance that we need to get in our Christian walk here because prosperity is is correct. Uh, That same John who said, guys, don't love the things of the world. He prays. He said, I pray that you may prosper and be in health, talking about believers. So prosperity is from God, and God does want his children to live um, comfortable lives in this this earth. He doesn't want them to experience lack um, and that type of thing. But at the same time, he doesn't want, God's not, cons- uh, doesn't want, he's not against us having wealth. What he doesn't want is wealth to have us. And that's where the difference lies. And that's where the Christian needs to uh, have the balance. And if they are trusting God to prosper them, well, then that's the, that's the way to go. Because God will prosper them in, to the point that he knows that they can handle it. And so, you know, you, you get a lot of Christians who are extremely rich and have a, a rich walk with the Lord at the same time because they know how to walk in the prosperity that they have because God has prospered them. Um, and so they're walking with the Lord. There were some very rich uh, disciples of the Lord in, 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 in his day. Um, you think about Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. Those were three uh, siblings that lived together. Their parents had obviously passed on. Um, But they were extremely wealthy, and yet they were the Lord's disciples. And think about uh, Mary. And she she breaks that alabaster uh, flask over our Lord uh, that evening before he's gonna go to the cross and anoints him with that oil. That oil was worth a fortune. And and it really, it was was not a cheap bottle of, of ointment that she poured over our Lord. Now, she could afford it because they were very wealthy. And there were a lot more wealthy disciples that were with our Lord Jesus when he walked the earth. Um, and so, even in the church, they were wealthy. Priscilla and Aquila were very wealthy business people. And they, they supported Paul's ministry time and time again. Um, and, you know, so there were. There were a lot of wealthy Christians, even in the, the, the New Testament, the book of Acts. And there are wealthy Christians today Whom the Lord has blessed and they can walk in their prosperity. And that's good and that's right and there's nothing wrong with that. But for Christians who are not that wealthy, who desire to become that wealthy, they miss in the boat entirely because that is a dangerous path to go down. To seek after riches and to seek after wealth is to seek after that which would take you and draw you away from Christ. Rather just let... Be where Christ has placed you, where God the Father has placed you, and be faithful where He has placed you, and allow Him to add to you His His prosperity, because He will, and He may never take you to become a multimillionaire. And in fact, the vast majority of the church will never attain to that. There's only a very few that get to that point, very few that get to that point, but the vast majority. Um, God is quite comfortable with them living comfortable lives on the earth and that's where we should uh, desire to live and not get caught up in the cares of this life the desires, uh, deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things because that takes us away from Christ and then we'll close off this particular um, path today with the church at Laodicea again because that is obviously a very pertinent example uh, that is that speaks of this particular point straight away and that's in Revelation chapter 3 beginning at verse 14. Our Lord speaking and he says and to the pastor because that word angel actually can be translated pastor as well and to the pastor of the church of the Laodiceans write these things says the amen the faithful and true witness the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish I could wish You were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Verse 17. Why will he vomit that church out of his mouth? Look at why. Because you say, I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich in white garments, that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eye so that you may see as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. and therefore be zealous and repent. And so this was a very wealthy church, the church at Laodicea, and they knew it, and they were proclaiming it, that you know, they had become rich, they had become wealthy, they have need of nothing. But look at our Lord's view of that church. He said, you guys don't understand. You're actually wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. So they were looking at this life, and they were looking at all of the wealth that they had acquired in this life. And they said, gee, we're just doing so fantastically. Lord, look at us. We're we're wealthy, we have need of nothing, and we've become rich. And they really were... There was a wealthy church. And yet, look at our Lord's view of that same church. He said, guys, you actually have nothing. You're, you're poor. Um, you're naked. There's, there's just nothing good there. And he said, you guys are in a dangerous place because they had become a wealthy church. And this life and the, and the wealth in this life had become their all in all. Spiritual things were not uh, an important issue in their lives. And God uh, had, said, had said to them, You're in a very, very dangerous place. I'm about to spew you out of my mouth because of where you are, because you're not where you should be. Now, had any of those believers died that night after they read uh, that letter from the Lord, they would have been absent from the body and present with the Lord. But look at the state of their condition they would have been in when they went to be with the Lord. Poor, wretched, miserable, blind and naked not a happy state in heaven but nevertheless i'm not going to go down that road today but the point is very plain here with the church at Laodicea, they had become consumed by material wealth and uh, spiritual wealth was the farthest thing from their minds they thought and they were deceived into thinking that because they had acquired all of this wealth that god had blessed them and god's approval was upon them and so because they, they could show everybody, look at um, look at this wealth that we've acquired. And so we must be blessed of God. God must be uh, showering His favor on us. And the Lord is saying, no, you've missed it entirely. Because that wasn't me. I didn't bless you like that. Um, because look at what it's done to you. Spiritually, it's robbed you. You've, had, you've got nothing. You are poor, wretched, miserable, and naked. And so... That's where the deceitfulness of riches comes in, as our Lord said, because it is deceitful. Because they have these riches in the natural, they think that they're blessed of God, but they they forget that their their spiritual lives have taken an absolute uh, backseat. And so, you know, everything about this life is far more important to them than spiritual things and the things of God. And so... It's a very deceitful road to walk down, but it's a path that can be walked down. And Christians who do go down that path eventually also get to the point where they commit the sin to death. Jesus said, I'll spew you out of my mouth. Now, he would spew them out of his mouth, but they would be the ones who would commit the sin to death. So, because they would... uh, This life becomes just far more important to them than Christianity. And so, you know, they don't really need... Christianity in their lives anymore because they've got all the material wealth that they need. And so that's the subtle path that they can go down. So those are the four paths. The one is actually not a path, but let's go through the three paths again. The first path, which is the most common one, is the path of continuing sin. That will lead Christians away from Christ and lead them to the sin to death. Uh, the path of... Um, not following after sound doctrine anymore and rejecting sound doctrine and starting to go after false religions and false teachings and all of the weird stuff that is out there. That will lead Christians away from Christ and lead them to the sin to death. Uh, This path of the deceitfulness of riches and the cares of this life and the lusts of other things, that will lead the Christian away from following after Christ and lead them down to the point where they will commit the sin to death. And then there is the other aspect, which is trials and tribulations if Christians are not grounded in their walk with the Lord, when the persecutions arise in their lives, that will also lead them away from Christ and to the the point where they will commit the sin to death. And so there is definitely, as we've seen in this series, I'm going to just wrap it up now, there is definitely the sin to death. And that sin to death is denying Christ. That's the sin to death. And we can only come into this kingdom through one path, uh, through one gate, one step and that is accepting Christ as Jesus Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior that's the only way we come in to the kingdom of God we have to accept Jesus Christ and confess Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior we have to confess him before men and then he confesses us before the Father And so that's the way we come into the kingdom there is only one way out of this kingdom and that is to deny Christ before men And then Christ will deny us before the Father. And so the two scriptures we can close off, which are two sovereign scriptures, but they are very pertinent to this series of teachings. Our Lord in Matthew chapter 10, verse uh, 32 and 33, he says, Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who who is in heaven. That's how we come into the kingdom of God. We confess Christ Jesus before men. Verse 33, But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. That's how we go out of this kingdom. If we choose to, we have to. We will deny Christ before men, and then Christ will deny us before the Father. 2 Timothy 2.12, Talking to believers, Christians, If we believers endure, we shall also reign with Him. If we Christians deny Him, He also will Will deny us. And so that's how we commit the sin to death. We deny Christ. And it's very possible for Christians to go down those paths and get to the point where they will deny Christ. And so it is so important for believers to um, be watchful in their walk with the Lord and to stay in fellowship with Christ and to abide in Christ um, so that we don't get tempted to go down these various paths, but rather we abide in Him and allow his word to abide in us and let us continue in fellowship with Christ and endure to the end. For we need to endure this Christian walk. The scripture says, if we endure, we shall also reign with Him." And I'm going to end the teaching on that particular point today.